Yes. I know you've been ready since for an hour. I understand. I understand. I understand, Max. Quit trying yeah. to push me. Prove it. I will get to it when I need to. Welcome to the show. This is Infinite Yay. Pulp. It's infinite. It keeps happening. It's coarse and rough and irritating and gets <laughs> everywhere. Anakin Skywalker said that. And it's our show. A Star Wars. A Sand Story. A Sand Saga. It's it. This is it. This is the movie. This is the place where... Uh, he says the it, thing. He says the thing. The, yeah. After this movie, we don't have to do it anymore. That's All the right. rule. Once you get to the line that your title is named after, you don't have to do the show anymore. I didn't so realize that. This okay. is the last well. show of Star Wars, Infinite Pulp. It will no longer be. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. It's now going to be Star Wars. Let's watch it. This is bittersweet. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Great. I, it's literally left me speechless. I love it. Let's, Let's it. do that. How's your day today? This is this is folks. We're recording on um, it's afternoon for Max. Just hit noon for me on a Saturday, and we don't usually do this, so this is gonna be a fun episode. We're we're a little out of it today. Yeah, I am really good. It's gorgeous here. It's like a spring day. It's like in the 60s and there's warm sunshine and cool breeze. It's gorgeous and I love it and I'm happy. Same here. Had a relaxing morning watching The Da Vinci Code and making fun of it with my fiance. We had a frozen pizza and alcoholic cider for breakfast at like 1030. So it's been great so far. And I get to go shopping and and do some uh, delicious cooking later tonight. And then hang out with her some more. So I'm really looking forward to it. And for right now, I get to talk to you. What are you, what are you, what are you making? What are you making tonight? Uh, I'm going to do meatballs. She's a really big fan of like frozen meatballs. So I've got some of the um, like family style frozen meatballs. And I you sear them in the pan to caramelize them, get some color on them. And then I cook them with grape jelly and barbecue sauce. And it creates just this really savory, tasty dish. It tastes a lot like barbecue in a way, but it's much more like gourmet than that i guess um without sounding a little self-important so um i i really enjoy it and then i'll throw some broccoli some frozen broccoli in there like right near the end so it softens up a little bit and Mm -hmm. we'll be good to go it's like broccoli and beef yeah it's yeah it's really really that's terrific that sounds really really good um i'm gonna have to figure i'm gonna have to figure out if i can make meatballs in my instant pot (laughs) good plan because i i've been obsessed with it um, have you ever made your own like bourbon barbecue sauce before? Uh, no, it's really good. I just found the random recipe online and you don't have to use good bar bourbon. You can just use almost anything. Yeah. Um, so you can use that $17 handle that you have right now. Beautiful. <laughs> um, it's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Give it a try and you can add some like red chilies and some cayenne in there to make it uh, spicy. Um, <laughs> to make it what? Spicy. Spa- spicy. 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 Can I sell you some death sticks? You want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> I don't want to sell you any death sticks. <laughs> you need to rethink your life, Max. <laughs> I need to rethink my life. Oh, dude, things are good. Today's going to be good. I don't have any alcohol. I wish I did right now. I was, I was, I just don't have any in the house um, at all. So cool. Um, I, I need to go get some, but I am enjoying a nice coffee. French pest iced with a little bit of milk in it. And so excellent. That sounds I'm lovely. very, very, very excited. Yeah. After, after I finished, um, 
playing basketball last night, I decided I wanted cereal at 4.30 in the morning. So I ate a big bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch because I was real hungry because I hadn't eaten since like 7. And I got so sick because I feel like if I have a lot of lactose, like a lot of milk, um, I'm lactose intolerant. But if I have just a tiny bit, like it's fine. It's really yeah. odd. But like a, a, anytime I eat cereal, it's like a it's a it's a pleasure. But it's like, you know, this is going to my stomach's not going to feel good after this. I know it's not going to, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah, there Absolutely. are so many other things I would rather be than lactose intolerant. I love cheese. I love milk. I, I love know. ice cream. I love sour cream. I just cream cheese like uh, I'm sorry, dude. That's awful. Do you, do you have is, any of those like post eating medicines like Beano or anything that are supposed to really alleviate a lot of that? Uh, I don't. I, I also don't have issues unless it's like a big bowl of milk. That's really the only thing that, that like I could eat cheese all day and it doesn't really give me any problems. And I did eat it like 20 minutes before I went to bed. So that's probably a lot of the issue, too. Yeah. Is, um, I always feel bad if I eat right before I go to bed. Sure. Like no matter what, no matter what I eat, if I eat before I go to bed the next morning, I won't feel very good. Yeah. So, but yeah, things are great. looks good here. There's a little cloud coverage, but it's essentially pretty beautiful. I was out earlier today and it was really nice. And um, I don't really have anything planned tonight. I'm going to go hang out with my partner and I don't know what we're going to do. I have no idea what we're going to do for dinner. And I'm very excited about that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it should be a good time. Let's get into Star Wars and Attack yes. of the Clones, the prequels. Yes. Camino. Camino. Sifo-Dyas, all of these things. <laughs> um, what are your general uh, feelings about the film? We'll get into the ranking and then we'll get into some questions. It's delightful. I love it. It's so much fun. I think it really does a great job of just launching you right into the action from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And you, you just have to sort of hold on to your seat and keep up. It carries through a lot of the sort of colorful, fun, sort of Saturday morning cartoon style that the Phantom Menace did. And you get an opportunity to really start to see the friction that exists in Anakin's life and how frustrated he is by so much of what exists around him. Yeah. And I, so I, I, I love that. And I love, Obi, uh, I love Obi-Wan in this film. He does an incredible job and you get to enjoy some delicious Natalie Portman. So how can it, how can it be bad? <laughs> It can be bad. It's not, but it can be. Um, uh, I agree with most of the things you just said. I really like this film. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it as much as I used or as I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because I usually don't like it nearly as much as I um, did this time. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't like it. I used to like it not as much as I do now. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, I still think, and I, I will hold true to this i still believe that i think it gets worse as the prequels go on i still think that the um the, the dialogue just falls flat for me again at the same time it's it's going to happen so it's going to be a broken record for me but that's essentially one of my only and bigger gripes with the film and a few just kind of like it gets a little more like off off the rails this time than it than it has been before Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I like it. I think they're a little, I don't like it as much as Phantom Menace. I do enjoy it. I like it quite a bit more than I used to. I used to have this film as like my least favorite Star Wars film of all time. Wow. Um, and, and then more recent films came out. And so this one though, after this watch and watching it with you specifically made it 
I, I have a greater appreciation for this than I did before. I really enjoy all of the lore that comes with it. I think it does a lot of good job for moving the world forward. Um, I think it's awesome. I love it. I think if I was going to rank it, it would be... Oh, man. Let's look at my rankings real quick and see. Do you know where this one ranks on your list while I, I look this up? Yeah, I've got to pull it up on my list, too. Um I need to pin this. It's number... There it is. Of the ones we've watched, this is number four. I think me too. Yes. Of the ones I've watched, this is number four. So my list right now is Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Is how I have it um, currently listed. So, yeah, I, I, I... really enjoyed this film it was used to be ranked like probably 10th or 11th on my list and now it's ranked number four currently it's probably going to move down a little bit um but yeah immediately it just gets going we we mm-hmm. have a attempt on padme's life so why why are they trying to kill padme right away here like like what's the what do we think the real reason is because the movie actually gives about three or four reasons why i think it gives two actually of why they're trying to kill padme here and everyone's trying to figure it out it's part of the, like that's essentially the the device in act one is somebody's trying to kill padme and we don't know who it is let's figure it out yeah well, why do you like are they trying to because there's two explanations you get right at the beginning padme thinks it's count dooku and Palpatine says it's the spice traders on the on a moon from Naboo. One of them is lying. I think it's Count Dooku trying to kill Padme. But I why? Agree. Why are we trying to kill Padme? Like, is 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 that to bring the Jedi in? Like, what's the purpose of killing her? Like, in the grand th- scheme of Palpatine's plan, like, why is this important? The point for me, and the whole reason that any of this is happening, is because they are trying to destabilize Anakin. They want power over him. They want him to uh, to really make mistakes, get impatient, you know, that sort of thing. And if he does, as he does, that's when he he gets manipulated by um, Palpatine. That's when Palpatine can kind of swoop in and, and sort of mold him into the sort of frustrated, scared, anxious vengeful creature that he needs him to be yeah so does palpatine care if padme dies or not like Um, no i don't think it matters either way i think it's a win for him in either condition okay if she stays alive she continues to deepen her relationship with anakin and make him more less sort of attentive to jedi matters Uh, she's a distraction basically and if she does die then anakin's fury takes over and he gets mad at the jedi for letting it happen and for Mm -hmm. not letting him be there for Mm -hmm. her more so it's like he can't he can't go wrong all right i want to take this i'll take i want to take this one step further Uh, one step what 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 do you think would be the better outcome i mean obviously Padme doesn't die in this film but do you think it would have been do you think anakin would have fallen faster in this film and, and you know, kind of shown his anger like he did with the sand people uh, sooner if Padme would have passed. Like, do you think her being alive expediates his 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 
delve into like hate and anger or does that stop him from I don't know what do you think would have been more beneficial for Palpatine whether if do you think or do you think it would have mattered I do not think it would have mattered I think it was going to happen either way I think it was kind of like a foregone conclusion I mean yeah (laughs) I mean obviously it is (laughs) like we have three movies in A New Hope Empire and Return of the Jedi where Vader exists and now we're trying to turn Anakin into Vader you know like yep it's going to happen regardless of what happens. And I was thinking about this as I was watching the movie for the fifth time over the last <laughs> several weeks. Um, and I, I think because we were talking in our last review about whether or not it would be more beneficial for Yoda or somebody else to train Anakin instead of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it would have mattered. Like he was going to turn out to, to turn out to who he was, no matter what was going to happen. Right. I mean, that's how prophecies typically work, but we also don't want Anakin to not become Vader. Like he needs to, right? Like he has to do that, you know, mm-hmm. like he has to go down that path. Uh, and so it's so interesting. Cause I do think this film shows pieces of it. Um, but at the same time, you're sitting there like, no, no, don't do that. Like, don't kill the sand people. Right. Like, don't fall into that. But he has to fall into it in order to bring balance to the force. Right. Like, things are happening the way they're supposed to happen, even though you don't want them to happen that way. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's fascinating. I really like it. Um, something I never noticed before about this film, especially, too, because when you're in that, like, Coliseum area, um, I think the Trade Federation also wants Padme gone because they specifically say – Later on in the film, like she needs to die. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but when they're all like doing their gladiator thing in the Coliseum, the Tread Federation is like, you told me she was going to die. This is not how it was supposed to happen. So right. I, I think that um, there's more than just Palpatine who wants Padme gone. <laughs> like it's it's great. Yeah, um, yeah. The Trade Federation, I think, though, are just like puppets. And that happens to be like an incidental too. need for them. So I think... I think if it happens, they get happy, but they're like so powerless anyway, right? Like Palpatine right. has maneuvered everything for them. Yeah. So even if he, even if she does stay alive, like he's already done so much for them and given them so much ex- extra power that they didn't have before that like it's going to be, um, they can't do anything, right? They're, they're powerless. They're basically, right. they're complaining, but that's all they can really do. Yeah. Um, Speaking about the the like that Coliseum, you mentioned something during our Phantom Menace commentary about Naboo, and I didn't think about it when we tried to do this two days ago, but I'm thinking about it now. The Coliseum is very Roman. The <laughs> fall of the Jedi and the Senate and the Republic is very like Roman, and mm-hmm. you mentioned in. Naboo, like the architecture and like the costumes are very like Rome and Roman. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. It's very influenced by that. And I never really noticed that. And you see that throughout the whole, like at least these two films. I'm excited to see Revenge of the Sith to see if it continues. Um, Yeah. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think it's not just Rome, but it's, it's Hellenistic Rome, right? It's right before the fall. Right, it's one of the things where the right. most lavish and the right. most plush and the most sort of ornate and ostentatious and most mm-hmm. most civilizations before they crumble have a period of time like that. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I just I never noticed it until you mentioned it, and I didn't even think about it because I was editing the Phantom Menace last night, and I was just like, oh shoot, he's right. That is Roman. <laughs> this whole movie is this whole series like is modeled after that, so it's very yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. Why that was happening? Anakin on my screen right now is talking to Padme and. Talk to me about this a little bit because I understand he's a teenager and this is how teenagers express their feelings when they have a deep, like, deep, hard feeling towards somebody that they don't quite understand how to, like, express with words correctly. So it comes out with what Anakin says towards Padme, but it comes off as creepy to me and it comes off as kind of cringy and I understand it's kind of supposed to be like that a little bit. But at what point in time, like, does... Padme's like love for Anakin switch over into I'm giving in now. Like when does that happen? Because it just the way he's treating her at the beginning just I feel like it would put her totally off to him at first. Like and I you're think coming on too strong. Come he on. does come on too strong, and I think she acknowledges that, and I think that's part of why she's like, like pump your brakes, buddy. That first scene, right? And and then Obi Wan has to reassure him like she was glad to see us, right? Like. Mm-hmm. you're being you're being gross but she was glad to see us and you know Anakin has loved her basically this whole time right. right and he's had all these adventures and time away from her to kind of like develop this like fantasy or whatever um, and so he knows what he wants <laughs> and um, I think for for him she is really a representation of a lot of the salvation that happened for him on Tatooine right Qui-Gon got him out of there, but she was really the kindness to him, right? She was mm-hmm. the one helping him stay warm in the cold ship, right? Um, she was she was there for him. And even though he comes on strong, she cares for him a lot. And I think when she finally starts, because I think they travel together, right? And so they travel incognito back to Naboo. And I think that trip, you start to see some of the banter between them. You start to see the the sort of like relaxation happening. They fall into their old routines and it's much more um, convivial. You know, it's much more friendly. It's much more warm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they have that conversation. Anakin kisses her when they get to Naboo and she lets him and starts to kiss him back and then pulls away. And it's like, nope, it's I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. And so he pouts. But then they have that conversation in front of the fire where he's like, I am in love with you and I will I will do whatever I have to do to be with you, including lying about my entire reality to everyone we know. Right. Like I would happily be with you even if we had to keep it a secret. And that's when I think she starts to realize like, whoa, this kid is really committed to me. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where like maybe in her mind, the possibility now starts to open up was like, OK, well, if this person's this into me, I need to like think about this for a second. Right. Because I have right, some right. feelings towards him and I've been trying to turn that off. And maybe I should not let that be turned off. And I think part of her, too, is is when Anakin is needing to go see his mother and she's just like, well, I'm use me like use me to exactly to to go do what you need to do. You know, we talk exactly. about that in, in, in Phantom Menace a little bit is Anakin is always always working inside of the situations that he's presented in to try to be the best possible person he can be, but go do what he thinks he needs to do. Right. Right. And so he, he, without Padme there, I don't know. Like that's a very different trip, you know, when it goes to, to his mother's, like, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think that whole experience from the fireplace going forward, you can kind of just 
see the relationship move forward and forward and forward because after he deals with the sand people and he goes back and talks to Lars and he talks to Owen and like Padme is there, like you can see like she's trying to console him and, and help him out. And he is being super vulnerable and honest. Like, I don't think he would have told Obi-Wan what he told Padme about like how he felt when he was killing all of the sand people. Yes. And I think that's I important too, um, mm-hmm. because Very it much. shows that level of trust of, of, of how much he already trusts her and like feels like he can be absolutely himself and like he doesn't have to put on a show, which I feel like he does feel he needs to do with all the other Jedi, especially mm-hmm. Obi-Wan because they're expecting so much out of him. So, yeah, I agree. I I, I, I really like Obi-Wan or not Obi-Wan. <laughs> I like Padme and Anakin's love song a lot. I think it's beautiful. I don't like that it is plagiarized from a different movie. Shame on you, John Williams. Well, I think th- there's yeah. a there's a deep similarity. It's definitely there, but it's like a couple of notes, right? And to really, it's there are only so many notes in the world. And, and I, I understand, think- but it, it's not even just like if if it was just like it is. It's only like like two bars inside of the song, but they're like note for note, and it is the like main musical theme and motif of that song. Mm-hmm. That's the problem I have. If it was just like a, a line that just happened to be in the song, if but it's like literally the entire theme of his of their love song is like right, old. Um, right. The main portion of it, yeah, it's it's great. It, go check out on Golden Pond, folks, if you haven't. It's the main theme from I think it's called on the Golden Pond. On Golden Pond, yeah, it's, it's on Golden. It's on yeah. Golden Pond. It's like the sick movie from like the sixties or seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give, definitely give it a try and go listen to On Golden Pond main theme. I think it's around like the two minute mark. Um, anyways, give it a check out. You'll see what I'm talking about. Let's get into some questions. I have some questions written down for us. Let's see what we can do with them. And we'll go from there. Good. I love it. I, I am, I'm happy to answer questions. I have lots of answers. Do you think Qui-Gon would have used the force to stop the guy from selling death sticks? Because I don't know if he would have. Um, I, th- I don't think Qui-Gon would have done that. I think Qui-Gon would have not felt he needed to be involved in that kind of stuff. And I feel like Obi-Wan saw an opportunity to help somebody out and did it. Like, he's doing what a Jedi should do. I don't know. I think I, I just... Qui-Gon uses the Force a couple of times when they're tootling around on Tatooine before we ever really meet... Um, before we ever really meet any of their other like prominent characters or like see any other major like story arcs for him. So I think, I think Obi Qui-Gon would have done that too. I think that's part of where Obi-Wan gets it from. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I I always love that scene of just like, well, this guy's selling cigarettes and now Mm -hmm. you're stopping him from selling cigarettes. Good for you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Good job. Yeah. It's, it's very silly. Yeah, I love this whole opening part where um, you immediately get to see all of Anakin's skills that he's learned over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, he's already, like, it's interesting. It's like he's out jedi the Jedi, his master, but he's, like, mentally not there. You know, it's yeah. one of those where, like, he has all the talents and skills to be an amazing Jedi, but, like, he still has to develop the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where Anakin's main issue lies is, is having all this talent and, and trying to figure out how to 
put it together to become a, the Jedi that like Obi-Wan wants him to be. And Anakin, he wants to be a good Jedi. You can tell. Like he wants so bad and almost too much. Like he almost wants too much to 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 prove himself and to show people how like how he can help and how he can save everybody. And that's that that hurts him. You know, like yeah. that's part Absolutely. of his fall. Um, but you have to have that ability to be competent behind it, which I think it works. Um, I, I really, really enjoy that. Um, as we're doing through this, and you get to see all of Obi Wan and Obi Wan, all the Anakin's sweet parkour skills. Um, <laughs> Obi Wan, as they're walking through into um, the bar scene where he talks about the death skits, thicks. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan says, "I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me." Fan service? <laughs> or, no, uh, no. I think I think he really does. Like I think that's something he's said for a long time, and I think I think he like very quickly after Anakin hits puberty, probably um, he's like, "Oh no, what have I signed up for?" Right? And he's like, "This is awful. I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. This was a mistake. I should have listened to Master Yoda. He's <laughs> helpless. He won't listen. He's always getting us into trouble. He's constantly losing his lightsaber. This is way harder than I expected it to be. And this kid is going to be the death of me. Like, I just firmly believe that he is like this. Is, it's it's just the classic. Uh, it's an old thing that often uh, mentors say about their pupils, yeah. especially when their pupils are this uppity. So yeah. no, it doesn't feel too fan servicey to me. It really doesn't either. It kind of feels like the fan service that I like. You know, I agree with you. It does feel very much like this is something that your mentor or teacher would absolutely say to you, um, mm-hmm. especially after all the junk that Anakin just pulled with the speeder. You know? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like yeah, that. That whole sequence is ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's really great to show you, like, this is what the Jedi have to put themselves through, you know, to, like, mm-hmm. be successful. They they have to rely on the Force to, to do this this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I like that kind of fanservice-y little line there, too. I think it's funny, because he is. He is the death of him, and it's really wonderful. Um, why do you think Anakin... Uh, why does Padme shut off the cameras? In, in in the scene here where where they're trying to use her for bait is it i think is it because anakin was coming on a little too strong and she just wants her privacy and to kind of show him like we st- i still need to be like have my own little thing or is just do you think padme would have shot off the cameras for anybody what's she shuts off the, so when they're talking about protecting padme right before all of the speeder stuff right before all of the bar stuff Padme shuts the cameras off in her room and Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are trying to uh, they're trying to be the security there. Right. It's when the oh, little worms oh, come oh. in. No, I think I think it's so that she still has a modicum of privacy. I think that's that's Padme's pride. I think she's always been that kind of person where she's like, I may be this high profile, but I am still allowed to go to bed without people I agree. watching me. I think no, that's 100%. just percent I think it can come off and be read as like Anakin's coming on too strong. He's being creepy. I'm turning off the cameras because I'm worried about what he's gonna do, you know. But I, I would, I, I actually do, do think Padme would have shut those cameras off for absolutely everybody. Yeah, every single yep. person. Yep, that's my yeah. thinking as well. Would we get to the next part of the film where Obi Wan goes to Dexter to show the little? 
start that they discover yeah. that kills. Detective Obi-Wan, private investigator. I love Detective Obi-Wan. I'd watch yeah. a whole series of him just being Same. detective and, and running around. I hope that's what we get. I hope we get a little detective, detective Obi-Wan. Did you notice Dexter has an anchor tattoo on, no, his, I didn't. on his right arm? Interesting. So Anchors is the symbol of, of, of like the Voyagers, right? It's about travel. Yes, it is. So, I mean, I know, like, I'm assuming because he knows what that dart is, he's had a life, you know, before before he settled down in that diner to become the cook or wh- whatever mm-hmm. he is in the diner, if he owns it or not. Um, how do they know what an anchor is? Do they have boats? That's a or- great question. <laughs> I imagine Dexter is very well traveled, right? He's done a lot of work. And I think... You get the impression that he was involved in, like, manual labor of some kind when he was mm-hmm. talking about the mines, mm-hmm. right? So I f- firmly believe that this guy was um, just out there in the wilds, in the parts of the world where people care about this kind of stuff. And he met some guy or knew somebody who was from a planet that did have boats and did do mm-hmm. the the fishing thing. Yep. Right? And so... I think this, to me, that seems like a, a memory slash homage to a, a friend who has passed. Right, I that's agree. my thinking. I, I just thought it was interesting that he has an anchor tattoo. I'm like, wait a second, yep. an- an- yep. I, I, that's I mean, a little practical. <laughs> it's it's great. I think though that this leads us to my favorite part of the whole film, and that's Camino. Yeah, I love Camino. I love the way it looks. I love the creatures, and there's so many interesting things that happen on Camino. Yep. Um, so we get introduced to somebody named Sifo Dias, and he was creating the Droid Army. It's really yeah, interesting because it's, it's re- we don't get a whole lot of other information about this this mystery creature or mystery person who um, is setting up the Droid Army. So is it is it? it it's been going on for like what ten years, like ten mm-hmm. years ago or more that they said they needed this. Do we yes. think that Palpatine is behind creating the droid army and Sifo-Dyas was one of Palpatine's minions? Do you think they were just creating the droid, like not droid army, sorry, the clone army because they thought the Republic would need it, and now Palpatine is taking advantage of it? Like. Was it grand scheme or is he taking advantage of something? Because that was already in the works. I don't know how he takes over the galactic and I don't know how Palpatine makes the galactic empire without that clone army. So does he know that it's there? I kind of feel like he does. And he's the one that that kind of orchestrated that with Sifo's Sifo Dias. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't I don't care either way because i don't think it really makes that big a difference like to me um palpatine palpatine is a predator right and i think to to imagine that he planned that far ahead is fun um but i don't think i don't think he's been like i don't think he's been around that long you know i just don't think that's that's a thing i mean i feel like he has though like, so 10 years ago was when essentially the Phantom Menace took place, right? So Palpatine is already making plans and calling votes for no con- Like, he's already putting things in work. So you got to imagine at least several years before that is when he started, like, putting all these plans into place to be- eventually become the Chancellor, eventually take over the power and not let it go, um, all of that. 
so I just I'm just trying to figure out like we get we don't ever really get why the army exists, you know, and I think that's a detriment to the film. Like I think it could have been better if they took a little time to kind of explain why this army is even here, because all we get is this army was created by somebody from the Jedi. The Jedi never council never approved it. But why would the Jedi's need an army? So I, I have I, I just I have to feel like it has to be Palatine. Like there's no because I just don't see how he takes over the galaxy and he has a plan. Because he has to have a plan. We we well, Palatine the is a planned person. Yes, but it's one of the stupidest things in the universe. The fact that like in order to gain power, I am going to create two artificial armies and set them against each other for several decades. Like. That's way unnecessarily complicated. Like you could have saved so. a lot of time and effort and money and done things different ways that rather than set this up this way. So to me, it's just mind-boggling that 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 would be would would have been because of him. I think I think at the very um, at the very least, it's him taking advantage of. Oh, um, then I don't like, a so, situation so, okay. that existed. I don't okay. think I don't think he he facilitated the clone army in any way. Okay. I think the clone army was the Jedi, the Jedi's reaction. We talked a lot. Uh, we've talked before about how the Jedi in the Phantom Menace are like, oh, no, we are on the back foot and we are in a lot of trouble here. Right. And I think that's one of the ways that they are is they are. Um, they, they were like, well, we got to do something. We got to have people to fight with us. And. Like Saifa was like, okay, uh, I can I can do that, I can help with that. Um, right. I think we should table this, and I'm going to make notes of it to to return okay. to return to it, because um, I think there is a um, there is a line in the next film that we need to we need in order to discuss this fully, and we can. Okay. Because um. you're right that they really do, they really do kind of glance over it, and I think they, they do, do themselves a disservice by doing that. I agree. But I, yeah. I also think I also think that it's kind of like it's one of those things in the universe for me that helps me feel like the universe exists without everything. It's the opposite side of the coin. How you complain about R two D two and C three PO needing to be a part of the story, right? I think this is the opposite part of that coin where it's like some things just happen, right? The universe is happening and we don't need to know every event of every background of every story to be able to tell this story because otherwise that's a 10 hour movie, right? This no. isn't Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I do. I think that this was the wrong part of the story to to do that to, you know, like I don't disagree. I like that aspect and I like that part of filmmaking where like yes things don't need to always be connected things need to just be able to happen and, and take advantage of them because that's what life that's that's things that happen I, I like that um i don't like it for this plot point and device and everything i just i feel like we we should have we we should I, I think it could have done better just to explain a little bit more about why this was created but i do think I'm going to be on the side that I I do believe Palpatine kind of orchestrated all of this. Um, and I, I fully believe that he created two artificial armies to create dissension in the galaxy. Because you're not talking about taking over a planet. You're not talking about taking over three planets. You're talking about taking over, like, hundreds or thousands 
of planets inside of your galaxy. Like that takes something on a massive scale. So creating a war that would allow you to infiltrate every part of it, because you could think about it, you could send droids to the places that you want to control, then send the clone troopers there. So you already have a foothold no matter what army wins, right? I feel like it's all we'll, we'll revisit in Revenge of the Sith because I think that that brings the full circle and it will illuminate a little parts about why I feel the way I feel. Good. So Good. I look forward we'll, to we'll, it. We'll, yeah, we'll reach yeah, back to it. Put a pin in it. Yeah, we'll put a pin into that one for sure. Um, so Obi-Wan getting to, to Kamino is are we so is this showing the hubris of the Jedi in this film like starting their belief in themselves and that the Jedi can't be the ones wrong. And I think it starts here with Obi-Wan going to the Jedi archives and not being able to find the planets that Dexter says the, like this piece came from, this little dart came from. And the person in the Jedi archive says, well, if we don't have, if we don't have record yeah. of it, it doesn't exist. Yes. It just doesn't. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That that's definitely a nod to the fact that they are so self important and, and self-assured at this point that they have yeah. that they have allowed themselves to be exploited. Yes. And I think that gets glossed over too much because that's really important just mm-hmm. because that's part of the reason why they fall so much is just because they do have that hubris of, you know, we are right and yeah. our way is the way. And obviously, you know, if if it's not in if it's not in our archives, it's not it doesn't exist. And even yeah. Yoda was and that's what I like about Yoda the whole time because Yoda is he's 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 he knows something's going on right and his first question isn't hey this doesn't exist obviously it's a oh what do we think happened to the planet and the kids just like somebody probably erased it Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's like how does obi-wan not even think that you know like Mm -hmm. or maybe he thinks it and he's just like this can't happen a jedi wouldn't erase something from the archives right um yeah, I, I I really love that little scene. I like that you can see like how good of a like teacher Yoda is by taking an opera, like, taking a problem and using it as a teachable moment for his class. I really like that aspect of yeah. it. I thought that was really really cool. All right. Um, yeah, I love the details. They... I love that they flesh it out, and and I love that Yoda is like. He 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 is guilty of his own sins, but that's not one of them. Yeah, yeah, man. I have I'm deleting all these questions because we're answering all of them <laughs> in our discussion. This is fantastic. Well, right. we've done this a number of times by this point, so it kind of makes sense that we would start to learn how to smooth the process out a little bit. <laughs> a little bit? Yeah, not to mention we've recorded just about this much time and had to redo it because of tech issues as well. Why would you give that away? Come on. <laughs> People need to know that we're not perfect. <laughs> People do need to know. That's important. Um, okay. So we get introduced to Jingle Fett, who's wonderful, and also Boba Fett. Who is very wonderful. I like this fan service a lot as well. Um, I think it's great. I like the whole thing. Camino's awesome. It's the best level in Battlefront for (laughs) sure. Camino's Um, a lot of fun. And it's what I love about it is they do a great job of making it feel high tech and isolated, right? Which is pretty 
pretty uncommon to be able right. to have both. And I think they do a good job of making like it and the people feel like like they are clever enough and smart enough to help themselves disappear too. Right? I don't I don't right. imagine it was just somebody who deleted it from the archives. I imagine the Kaminoans were like, okay, let's let's make this work. Yeah, this right? is what you need to do. This is the files, like this is the USB drive that you need to insert into the Jedi archives to delete Kamino. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exactly. But why? Okay, so that's interesting. Why 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 do they delete Kamino? Like why why delete that system? Is it so because do we think people nobody knew what the clone army, so nobody was no, looking but, for Kamino. But if Kamino doesn't exist, then no one's going to go there anyway or run into them. You know, they can they can create plausible deniability, basically. Yeah. And they uh, remove any sort of um, anxieties around it. So I think for me, that's the big reason is because they they really want for it to just like to create an excuse for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're I think it's deleted because um, I'm, I, I think it's. It lines more up with Palpatine's master plan. I'm going to die on this hill, Max. Palpatine's master plan was to create the Clone Wars. And um, I think the deleting of Kamino plays into that as well. Because you don't want any Jedi running around asking questions that yeah. uh, you don't want to have to have answered. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that makes sense. And I, I just like it just seems so ridiculous. Like when I think about it in, in like broader terms, it starts to feel a little bit... Um, What's the word? Far-fetched. Yeah. Maybe. Um, over Overthought, maybe, is what I'm actually trying to say. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love the Caminos. I love the, the, the fight that we get with Obi-Wan and Django is so cool because, all he had was a jetpack, and it's really important because later in the film, um, Django's jetpack gets deactivated, and that's mm-hmm. how Mace Windu beats him. Like mm-hmm. you can see it, Mace Windu it gets swings. damaged. Yeah, he and like he doesn't like Windu doesn't do it on accident. He purposely cuts off his jetpack, which is means that having a jetpack is one of those like, oh, this is a defense for Jedi, you know. Yeah. Yep. And I, I really like that aspect of it. I think it shows the competency of Jango Fett, which kind of translates into somewhat of the competency of Boba Fett. But Boba Fett, uh, his father dies really early. So how does he become trained to do all that stuff? That doesn't matter. We'll talk about that later when it becomes important. Deal. Um, and it's not going to. Um, <laughs> I love when they first get to Naboo and Anakin and Padme are talking with the um like the high council there <laughs> and they ask for anakin's opinion about something and padme immediately is just like no don't don't ask for him he's not even a jedi yet he's just a mm-hmm. padawan like just immediately throws him under the bus yep like why is that just a reaction of like oh this is my planet i know what to do here i don't think she's do i don't think it's mean at all. I, I think it's more of her personality rather than her trying to actually throw Anakin under the bus. Um, I absolutely agree. I don't think I don't think she's trying to do that. I think I think she is mostly just trying to she's in her element, right? This is her home, this <laughs> is what she's good at. And so when that happens, she's just reacting. Right. <laughs> and then and then he says, Excuse me, I'm in charge. And she's like, 
I know my own planet. Please, <laughs> right? get, please don't treat me like a child. Yeah. And I think he's so excited to not be treated like a child himself that he m- tries to strip her of her power in her place of power. So it's like this weird thing where it's like, oh, I'm I'm big. I'll be in charge. And she's like, nope, I still know what's happening here. Please trust me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. I like I, I I like everything about Naboo except for the field scene when they're in the meadow. It's just a ridiculous scene. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It is. It is absolutely over the top ridiculous. It's so I dumb. think it's an important scene. And I think you need it because it's supposed to flesh out like and develop their like comfortability with each other and their love and the fact that they're like falling for each other. And that was a good moment. The way they chose to do it, though, could have been a little better. <laughs> just just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I it, don't yes. even... I don't even dislike dislike the actual like parts of the scene. I still think this comes back to a lot of the parts that that I dislike about the film was it just comes off a little flat. And I, I think part of that probably has to do with some of the CG in that scene where they're probably that whole that meadow scene is probably just a big green screen. Um, yes, hundred percent. And so I understand how how that would be difficult for them to to get all that emotion in there and everything going with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, when, but, that's, but that's the challenge of acting too, right? And I oh, think yeah, it just feels. I think that one of the things that I use because you know I'm happy to like create in world excuses for what's happening on screen, right? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things about that scene that makes me sort of like less uncomfortable about everything is the notion that they are still new at this, Mm -hmm. right? And so you've got this awkward new relationship happening that really makes all of it feel like it's awkward, right? It is awkward because they're like finally admitting to themselves that they like each other and can hang out together. And that's always awkward. First dates are awkward, man. (laughs) And that's kind of what I I imagine that is. No, I, I agree. I think about that all the time when it comes to films like like this or even scenes like that where you watch and you're like, wow, that just comes off a little bit off. It's a little uncanny. Mm-hmm. But you think about situations you yourself were in in those similar things. You're like, well, maybe I just wasn't nearly as cool as I thought I was. Nobody <laughs> is as smooth as they think they are <laughs> during Nobody this time. Nobody is. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, yeah, that's probably how it goes. It's just... We're not it's used also to... probably true that she doesn't know how to let her hair down, right? She doesn't know how to right. relax and really, like, turn off either. And so this is both of them trying to do that mm-hmm. for each other, with each other, and you also want to be cool for the person you're, you like, right? So there's all these layers of complexity and nuance to it that I think make it kind of excusable. Yeah, I agree. It's just... Like but, then the, but then the part where they roll through the grass, that just made me want to, like, rip my hair out. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> yeah. you did this. How could yeah. you? It's it's just little things like that is why we don't have Attack of the Clones higher on our list and why we like Phantom yeah. Menace more. You know, yeah. it's just small things. I, I, it's the whole prequels are like that where I really enjoy yeah. the the whole big picture and a lot of the story dumps you get on all of it. The little like actual filmmaking pieces of it are the ones that I want work. You know, like that's always been my thing with the prequels where I like everything that's contained inside of it when it comes to Star Wars story. The in-betweens and some of the, like, actual, like, film. Like, if I was reading this story, awesome. I don't really have any issues with it. But you're watching it. It's a movie. I have to judge it based upon, like, the way it's made, you know, and not just how much I love Star Wars. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) So um, we get into Naboo and we get this 
beautiful um, callback to when Luke was on uh, Dagobah and he had um, dreams and visions of his friends or his loved ones being in trouble and being hurt and they mirror this with anakin here Mm -hmm. about his mom which i really like anakin makes the same choice that luke does and goes to help but the difference they were related yeah right (laughs) um the difference is the difference is is when you get there anakin feels like he has failed and luke succeeded right and Mm -hmm. so you get those two different – how does – well, I mean both – they both failed. I, Luke failed as well, but Luke succeeded and failed at the same time. Um, but uh, we're talking about Attack of the Clones, not Empire. We could talk about Empire though if you want to just go back and watch that one. Um, <laughs> so I love this. I, I love the scene after he has the dream where you get that Padme is soothing to Anakin and really there to comfort him and – you also get the beginning of Anakin kind of going rogue and on his own and trying to figure out how to be a Jedi by himself without a teacher in front of him. Yes. And he's trying to go through that. Um, and he doesn't do it necessarily as well as you would probably hope. No, but I you think know? that's that's true of most young people who... I agree. ...on whom high expectations are placed and who seized an opportunity to prove themselves before they have been like approved or ready, you know? I agree. So here is my question. Few questions. Does Anakin, if Obi-Wan is with him and not split up, does Anakin make the same choices? And cause I still think he goes to Tatooine to save his mom, regardless of whether or not it's Obi-Wan or Padme or anybody. Yeah. I and still I think, think Obi-Wan, he goes there. I'm not sure Obi-Wan would have gone with him. I guess he would have. I think but he I think, would have. And I think he would have gone with him to to deal with the Raiders to get his mother back. I don't think he would have let him go on his own because he would have either. sensed his anger and frustration. And I don't think he would have let him go um, sort of all, all violent on the, yeah. the Raider system. So, yeah, I mean, really, Obi-Wan not being there is the reason that this happens. And I think that's kind of the point. I think the, I the notion that that they ha- they get split up and that he that he can't lean on his friend really does damage the whole system. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I don't think Obi-Wan being there changes Anakin's path at all. I yeah. think um a village of sand people would still be alive. <laughs> like that's the difference. Like Anakin's still going to get just as angry. He's still going to like He's still going to have those feelings. He may be able to channel them into a more productive way. I don't think it makes a difference, though, about him moving to like he's still this is the beginning of him still going down the dark side, you know, like because mm. it's 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 if it takes your master to stop you from genocide, you probably like need to reexamine yourself. It's not you know? it's genocide. Like, Per it's se. not. It's you, just I like, know it's not genocide. That was very hyperbolic. He killed an entire village of sand people. You're though. right. It, he did. He did. He does. It is bad. It is. Yeah. Bad. It's bad. And we know that. Like he does bad things. Like that's Anakin Invader. Like he's going to do bad things. Right. That's part of why it's so tragic because he is an innocent kid who wants to just 
save the universe. You know, like he has some pure intentions and he just gets misguided within himself, I feel like, through the path. I mean, obviously Palpatine later, but even here, I, 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 th- my, 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 I guess my point is, is that I don't think any teacher is going to be able to control Anakin in the way that Jedi wants to be able to control their order. Does that, you know, does that make sense? Like, yes. The yes, Jedi are yes, very yes. counseled and ordered, and Anakin is not. He, he's going to do what he's going to do. What he, yeah, there, he there's the no, there's no it. Jedi master he could have had that could have prevented this. Basically, yes, like, yeah, yeah like, because and I, my, my whole thing is, is Anakin is going to have those feelings and not be able to control them himself without some sort of external influence, and when that's an issue, that's an issue, like. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a problem when it comes to the Jedi. Like if you can't go on your own missions and make sure you don't murder a whole village because of one thing, like we gotta talk. We gotta talk about mm-hmm. where, where you're coming, where you're going with the future of, of, of your Jedi. <laughs> but nobody really knows about it though. Like people just like I'm sure he doesn't tell Obi Wan. I'm sure he, he tells Obi Wan, I went to Tatooine, I found my mom, sand people killed her. Like that's the story he gives, you know? Right. And so uh, but we do get a wonderful Joel Edgerton cameo appearance as yes, Owen, we do. which is awesome. I, I, a lot I, of he's, fun. It's a lot of fun. I love seeing like actors who have now kind of made away from themselves show up as like little um, cameos. Yeah. Little and he does a good roles. job. His mannerisms are very consistent with the character in the first movie. Yes. I, I, I really enjoyed um, that, that trip back to home. I thought that yeah. was awesome. I really like the Watto part of it. Really everything on tattooing, I think is really cool. Um, other than I, I think it's well done. I really enjoy the tattooing part of it, like him going back, him figuring that out. Um, yeah. And then we get to Geonosis, Act Three of the film, <laughs> where the greatest written and heard dialogue language from the Geonosians I've ever. I love their clicking language. It's so cool. It is phenomenal. Yeah, it's it really reminds fun. me of um, the Gods Must Be Crazy, like. That movie. Have you seen that movie? No, but uh, I, okay. the name is very familiar. Um, okay. Anyways, let's get back to Geonosis because I love Geonosis. We get introduced to Count Dooku and Count Dooku is so cool. I mean, Christopher Lee is the greatest, right? So like, mm-hmm. how can you not have him and love him? Um, but I really enjoy the introduction of Count Dooku. Is this the first time we see him when he walks in? So do we see him in the meeting first? Where do we see Count Dooku first? Is it I when Obi Wan is captured, or is it? I think I think it's when Obi Wan's captured and he walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be. We it. hear his. I think we hear his name before that, but I think yes, you do. I think the you first do. time we see him is in that room. Okay, so I have a few questions about. Um, oh, before we get to Genosis, I have to finish up tattooing. I have one question about tattooing that I want to get to. Who finished C three PO? Like, did Watto finish C-3PO? Did Owen finish? Like, why is C-3PO now with the Lars family? Did... Yeah. I have absolutely... I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't matter. But I want to know who finished C-3PO. In my brain, I think Annie's friends did. I think the friends that Annie used to hang out with um, became uh, sort of like... um, What's the word? Um, sort of influenced by their time spent with him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think 
I think watching him fix that pod, making fun of him for it, and then seeing him win all that money, I think one of his friends was like, okay, so this there's something here. And like kind of followed in his footsteps, maybe took up a part-time job at Watto's. And then so it's, like one day when he was talking with Annie's mom or something, he's like, she's like, well, he's got a droid in the back room. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he goes through and he puts some plating on it because he's basically finished anyway. He is. Yeah, he just needs the plating. It's cute that you think Wada would pay his his workers. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know, not the point. That but. is very no, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is that is no bueno. Um so do we let's get back to Dooku, because I think Dooku's a fascinating character. He used to be a Jedi. Do we know why Dooku left the Jedi? Do we think it was to pursue the dark side? Do we think it was like a philosophical difference because he talks about Count Dooku talks about Qui-Gon Jinn being friends with him as well and him having kind of like I really love this line about it's essentially saying oh Obi-Wan you don't know everything about your master that you thought you did (laughs) you know like you don't know if Qui-Gon would have fallen along and continued to go with with the Jedi so here's the question do we presume? Oh, do do we think Qui Gon would have joined Count Dooku as on the separate side, or do you think he would have stayed with the Jedi? I think he would have stayed with the Jedi. Of course, he would have. Yeah, I think I think he would have like Dooku would have tried to motivate him, and he would have said something along the lines of, "You do what you have to do. My part, my place will always be here." Right? <laughs> yeah, something like that, where it's like, um, I, I live and let live, sort of thing, right? Like we each have mm-hmm. to do what we feel is right. Yep. Yep. Sort of thing. Yeah. And then Dooku yeah. probably probably would have exploited that trust in their relationship to murder Qui-Gon. So yes, I, I think, think Qui-Gon so was gone either way. I do too. Qui-Gon was not gonna make it. Um but no. we actually you know, we'll talk about it in the next film, but we needed Qui-Gon's death to get um yeah. places in the universe as well. Um Yeah, I think Dooku's a f- so I've kind of always assumed that that Dooku knew about the clone army, but he doesn't. I don't know why my mind made like this connection as a child, but I always connected that Sifo Dyas was Count Dooku, but he's not, obviously, because people know who Sifo Dyas was in the Jedi Council. Yeah, and it's not yeah. Count Dooku. Dooku. Yeah. But I always kind of made that connection of like, well, is he Sifo Dyas? But he's mm-hmm. not. So I, 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 I still don't like that. I never really explained who Sifo Dyas is or anything like that. Um, but where is Dooku's place in this? Do you, so do we think Dooku has a red lightsaber now? He has control of the Force. He, they're creating the Death Star, which we'll get to. Um, and do we think that Dooku... It's not said yet, but do we think Dooku's part of the dark side now? And is that why he left the Force? Or the Jedi Council? The Council. He didn't leave it. Like, is Dooku dark side? Is that what you just yes, asked? Yes, I'm just I'm trying to figure out. Me? I guess why we think Count Dooku is in the position he's in because they said he why left he has the, his power. No, why he is the second? Why why is he commanding the Trade Federation army? Like, how did he get to that place? Why did he leave the Jedi Council? All these things that we probably don't have answers to that I'm wondering about. Um, it's just because there's, there's not a it's lot just, of backstory to, Pal- to 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 Dooku. Yeah, it's just Palpatine. It's just Palpatine doing Palpatine stuff. So he he helps Dooku get where he is. Um, he helps he helps him to um, 
to leave the Jedi Council and probably leaves the Council in good standing, right? I kind of think that this is not something that um, that goes badly. He's not like chased mm. out or anything. I think I don't he think makes so a either. very elegant escape. And I think, I think Palpatine helps him do it. And I think he then it takes up a position within the Trade Federation Army as, as a way for both for him to keep himself busy and for Palpatine to make Dooku feel like he is in a position of trust and power. Trust yes. and power, right? He's I like also, the advisor. I also think that – I think that Dooku left for um, – because they talk about – him at the very beginning of the film when uh, Padme says that she thinks Count Dooku was behind this, behind her assassination attempt. And one of the Jedi says, Count Dooku, he's just a political idealist now. Mm -hmm. So I think Dooku probably split from the Jedi around the same time the Jedi started getting involved in the war, maybe. Like... Dooku is more of the see, and I think that's where the connection to Qui Gon comes into place. Where Qui Gon is a let the Force guide you the way it's supposed to guide you, and where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I think the Jedi Order was trying to take a stranglehold of the Force and manipulate the way they wanted to be manipulated, instead of letting it guide them to where they need to Har- go. Harnessing it instead of like just being. Yes, along by and it, I think right? Dooku disagreed with that. And he was like, you guys are are implementing more control on the universe and we are trying to separate as their separate separatists ourselves from that republic control. And so right. I think Count Dooku is a libertarian. That's all there is to it. Interesting. Interesting. He, he's, he's the epitome of the free market person. And I think that's the difference between why he left the order. And I think that's why the Jedi are like, that's OK. You can leave because of that. Like. We understand we like if you're going to be part of our order, you have to follow our order and our rules and our guidelines. And if that's not something you're going to do, you can walk away from that. I, I like it because it gives the Jedi. It's like it allows them like it's it's great. It, it, the force is greater than just the Jedi, right? The Jedi are just mm-hmm. a certain sect of how to manipulate the force the way yes. they, they feel it's. Fit. Yes. And I think. You get the example of Dooku not necessarily being dark side yet, but being able to manipulate the force. And clearly he has different. Ideas. I love it. I love Dooku. I think he's a great. And I, I, I think that's why it's so surprising to have him at the crux of all of what's going on in, in the attack of the clones and like him behind a lot of this is is because it was not something the Jedi would expect. Um, just right. Because I do think they left on on good standing order. Um, yeah, I I. I love Count Dooku. I think he's I just immediately when he comes in, it's like, oh, oh, no, Obi-Wan, this is such a mistake. I would never mm-hmm. let this happen to you. Are you going to join me? Oh, it might be difficult to get you out of this if, if you're not going <laughs> to give me what I want. So yeah. just to let you know, like, I, I, I really like it. He didn't try hard on Obi-Wan, but he was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to. Like, yeah, that's it, especially because Obi-Wan knows He's there to like scout out the separatist, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he knows for sure. He, he knows, and Dooku is there. Like, they don't like. Yeah, it's just the little game that they play there is 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 really fascinating. Let's talk about the Geonosians army because I don't really, I don't really have any more questions for you. We kind of went over all of them, and we're already in Act Three of the film. So, yeah, good um, progress. We are making good progress. Yes. So. 
Anakin and Padme show up. They have this wonderful factory scene where it gets a little off the rails with C-3PO. Do you like the C-3PO, like, switching heads? I do. I do. But that's because I'm a real sucker for that sort of thing anyway. It's just good old-fashioned fun, you know? And I really, I love that about, yeah. about him. It, it To me, it doesn't really add anything for the movie, but it also doesn't really take anything away. So I'm not really disappointed with it at all. I do think it's a little far-fetched, but he's just always finding himself in situations that he didn't want to get into. And R2-D2, I I love that it's the first time they show that R2 is getting C-3PO into trouble. Because it's just consistent throughout the rest of... uh, Even in the sequel, or that's... I'm sorry, not the sequels, but the... The original trilogy, R2 is always just getting getting C-3PO into trouble. It's mm-hmm. great. I do love this whole factory scene that they're, oh, it's finally cool to see like where, I never noticed it, but it's a parallel, right? We got to see where the clones were being made, and now we're getting to see where the droids are being made. So Obi-Wan goes and sees both places. He is seeing yes. the manufacturing of both armies, right? And so he has like a good grasp of what's going on. I never really, really understood um and got that parallel before, but that's really cool. I like that parallel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what, let's 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 get into this wonderful confession of love that Padme now gave to to Anakin because she thought they were about to die. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. I I don't even know if there's what what what's what there is to discuss there, other than because it's all speculation, you know. Yeah, does, it is. Does, you know, like if she was she ever going to tell Anakin that how she felt if if they weren't going to have a near death situation or a you know uh, a a are about to die. I don't know. I don't know if it matters to be honest. Um, I do yeah. love this scene. Um, I think I think she would have. I think I, I think too. this just helped her. I think this was just her finally having the opportunity to be honest with herself. I agree. Right, and I think that's. Yeah. That's it's a, a big component of this movie. It's like, I think I'm about to die. I need to, I like you're reflecting on everything that you probably wanted to say that you didn't and telling Anakin that you love him is probably one of the keys that you need to do. And you're right there. Um, what creature of those three would you, would you like to fight? Um, are you, are you a, are uh, you a cat? So we talked about this when we, when we, we watched did. this together on the video, I absolutely would want to fight the bull. The Me big, too. stupid, trundling. 100%. Like, Charging a straight line animal. Yeah, there's no way. I love that the probably most apex dangerous predator that they put inside of that arena was given to the only person who was not force sensitive. Yes. <laughs> and couldn't yes. use the force. Yeah, and that like, was terrifying. It is terrifying. Like that whole scene is really wonderful. I love the whole fight. And you get the amazing piece in... Uh, Mace Windu when he when they show up at the end and Mace Windu walks in mm-hmm. and, and what does he say he's like I think he says uh, Count Tutu says something about you being outnumbered and Mace Windu's like I don't think so I think that's yes, what he says that's exactly what he <laughs> or says or something like that and it's so good it's so wonderful and it's the first time you get to see a mass scale battle with all of these Jedi mm-hmm. um, and, and you get the 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 fear that they're going to die or the the idea that the jedi are not like these all powerful can beat you at all times like type of 
like beings, mm-hmm. it's a like because you have all of, like the droids, right? It's 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 numbers. <laughs> I'm trying to say is. It's like the, it's like Bugs Life. It's the ants attacking the grasshoppers, right? The grasshoppers yes. are more powerful, but there's more ants, right. and like that's why you like you can see that in here with the clone army and and the show up and everything. And yeah, I I love the introduction of the clones and how they come swooping in. What I would rather have seen, um, and I I enjoy the the immediacy of the weapons that you get to see and all the power that the clones have, but I would have liked to have seen. The clones show up in the way that the Jedi showed up. I feel like there was a reveal that they chose to reveal the wrong thing. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. They revealed on the Jedi and and the cooler reveal would have been the reveal on the clones, like walking through the halls. And all you hear is these footsteps coming and shadows against the hallways. And like Dooku turns around and it's all these clone troopers walking at them. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. Yes, um, it would have. But it didn't happen. So we can't talk about it. um yeah go for it i just want to say i think it's important to acknowledge that at the time i don't think we realized that we would have such a focus on the clones moving forward i don't think so and so i think given at the time given the choice between giving the audience a delicious view of clones and giving them the delicious view of the jedi charging into battle for the first time like people wanted to see a a jedi army charging into battle right like no i agree that's what people wanted yeah 100 percent um absolutely so we're at we're at the final the 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 possibly best part of the entire film and the worst There's so many good parts <laughs> oh man so from the moment the clones show up there's so much that happens in the movie you get obviously the clone army the massive amount of firepower that the clone army has i love their weapons and you just immediately see them come in and just totally wipe out the, the droids like, oh, they, these guys are here to play. I am glad they are on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this wonderful chase scene across the sand where Padme falls out. Anakin has that moment. So this is the difference, right? Anakin would have jumped out to save Padme if Obi-Wan had not been there. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the same we talked about earlier, that parallel between if Obi-Wan is there Anakin makes different choices and different decisions. And I think that's really important um, because Obi-Wan is not there during a lot of the times where he has to make these important choices. Um, But it's good to be reminded, too, that, like, it's a teachable moment for Anakin. of like, Anakin, you need to do your job. Like, think about what Padme would have done. Um, I I really like that aspect of it. Like, yes, you you can feel what you're feeling. We got to go take care of this, though. You know, like... Mm -hmm allow yourself to feel this for a second. Okay, let's go take care of this guy. But what he does instead, though, is he goes to track Dooku by himself. And um, that's where you start to see Anakin again going rogue. And Obi-Wan is even there. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier is Anakin's going to do what he's going to do, right? And that's part of the issue with Anakin is, and part of the reason why he's so good at what he does is because he has that belief in himself as Luke does, that he's going to be able to accomplish what he can. So he just goes rushing right at Dooku and just gets annihilated immediately. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which I think is really cool because it's a, you've spent this entire film seeing how awesome Anakin is and how powerful he can be. And then immediately he goes up against a more um, weathered Jedi master and he just gets dominated. Yeah. 
which I like. I like that a lot. I think that's really fascinating. And it leads us to the best reveal that I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Max, do you want to do you want to tell us what happens after Dooku destroys both Obi-Wan and Anakin? <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Muppet, the Muppet whips out a sword. One of the greatest hype moments I have ever experienced. Do you remember when you were in the theaters and saw that? Do you did you expect Yoda to fight when you went to this movie? No, absolutely I not. Did not. I, I no, never in life. It's still one of I think the greatest hype moments I've ever experienced in a theater is sitting there and you're just like you see the shadow and the footsteps. You're like, wait, is that is that Yoda? Mm-hmm. Is Yoda gonna fight? Because at this point, you never even would have considered Yoda fighting in a lightsaber fight. I remember sitting there like. I don't, and then just it's just the most beautiful acrobatic fight scene, and probably the most terribly choreographed fight scene. This is my least favorite uh, lightsaber fight that we've seen. Even though I think it has the most hype moment, other than obviously Darth Darth Maul's moment, but like it's, I don't know. I just this this whole lightsaber fight feels fast and and just. Kind of flat. I don't it's, know. Do you like this this scene a lot? Do you like this fight, lightsaber fight? I don't like it all that much. Uh, I do, but only because I didn't have to like think about it too much, right? This came out when I was like a kid, right, like a young teenager, and it was just fun, right? And I think I think we're we're spoiled now with all the sort of realistic fights and stuff mm-hmm. that we had going on, and so I think it's really easy to get caught up in that, um, mm-hmm. in the analysis of it. But from a like. From a rule of cool slash fun perspective, you know, like this is just so fun. Oh yes, Yoda is such a hurricane, man, and it's 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 not. If you go back and watch it and you try to analyze it, you're going to be disappointed, right? <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, don't think about it, just just enjoy it. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. I understand. It's just we had we had one of the best fight lightsaber fights in literally the movie before this two, two, two years, three years before this movie came out, mm-hmm. we had another fight scene that was great. And they were able to accomplish it at that point. So I, I don't buy that. They couldn't do it. I think that it just, maybe you didn't have Ray Park. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's a big, um, big part of it is you didn't have like a real martial artist on set. And especially with Yoda, like there's no real like established right. way of I, approaching it anyway. I think Yoda's fight is really cool once he gets to the lightsaber part. I think the Jedi like powers, powers. kind of hokey a little bit. It's cool. I loved like it. I like seeing it. It was, just, action. it was just fun. Yeah, it was really awesome because yeah. you you know that Yoda has that power. So to see him do that intentionally just, and and in like in person like for a reason was a big deal. Yeah, I'm watching the fight scene right now. It just it comes off like a dance. And they're like trying to hit their blocks and not like a fight. Like yeah, the, I hear uh, that, and, and, and that's, that's what it. I mean about the realism of fights in Hollywood yeah. becoming more realistic over the years. Yeah. Right? It's it happens a lot. It does. I understand. It, I, I I get it. Um, but as I said, the fight with Darth Maul felt very real and not like this. And so it's just going from watching that fight to this fight immediately was just kind of like oh they. They may have had a different choreographer this time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what, what happened and, and what the point is. I, I do like it. But the best part about this whole scene is it happens for about three seconds. And they show you later in the movie is again, just in case you missed it the first time. But you could see the Death Star, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
that means I mean obviously we we know this, but Palpatine's like has to be in charge of all of this. Like he's he's playing both sides right now. I feel like the Clone Wars or the Clone Army and the Droid Army, you know, because like he's obviously like, the Death Star is being created for for Palpatine and, and for the Galactic Empire, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not a weapon for the Separatists, right? Like we 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 don't like it's it's not. It's not something to win the war. It's something to use after the war. Is that what we think? Because like it takes a long time to get completed, like twenty years or something. Well, they they talk about it as a weapon, right? And so I yeah. think yet while the timeline for its creation is very big, I think that this you know the galaxy is is big too. So conquering the galaxy is a thing that's going to take ages, which is why the the empire takes so long to do it and doesn't accomplish it, and then the first order continues trying to do it and doesn't accomplish it. Is it's just like there's there's so much of it. So a timeline like that is very reasonable for a weapon that can that can mm-hmm. you know cost benefit analysis. It can so quickly turn tides in certain star systems. No, I agree with you 100 on that one. I was just thinking that it's got to be like they 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 throw it in there as a little kind of. I th- I do think they throw it in there for a little bit of fan servicing now, but also to. I think it, it plays back to just kind of like these – this whole thing is is a plan that's being set in motion, right? We have the armies. Now we have the fights. Now we're creating the Death Star to like no matter who wins this fight, I get to control essentially with this weapon on both sides of it. It's a masterful mm-hmm. plan. It, it's a wonderful plan. I mean he's doing it well and it's working. You know, like Palpatine is the Republic right now. Uh, at yeah. the end of this film, like, because we kind of skipped over the point where Palpatine um, takes, um, he's, it's essentially martial law, right? Like, I have power until you don't give it to me anymore. I forget what exactly it's right. called. Uh, uh, yeah. Emergency power, basically. Yeah. Yep. And it's very, very, very Roman-like. Very similar. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> And then we get the scene where Padme and Anakin get married. Which we don't know, assuming it happens sometime soon afterwards. Um, but like, where do you go from there? You know, it's like, we're about to die. I love you. I know you love me a lot. So now we should get married, right? Like, that's the progression. Um, I feel like, do you think, you know, the relationship definitely lasted long enough to, to get married for sure? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's great. I do want to know why Anakin has a mechanical hand and not like a regular hand. Um and then he has like a normal hand in the next film. Is it, was it just like a quick job to get him like something there and like yeah. work on your real yeah, hand? Yeah, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. know, like yes, I imagine that's exactly what it was. I imagine it's basically like a uh, a temporary while they while they create a more high tech, high quality replacement. Yeah. Yep. It's just uh, something for him to be able to use. And he yeah. probably was like, "I'm getting married. I need you know. I've got to take her hands. I've got to have something." No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Paul. I'm just watching. I can't. I forgot that Count Dooku returns to Coruscant um, towards at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, that's such a cool little shot. I love it. That's yeah, it. That's Attack amazing. of the Clones. Better, better than you, better than you remembered, huh? Better than I remembered. That's 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 that is the tagline for Attack of the Clones. Attack <laughs> of the Clones. Better than you remembered. <laughs> I love love that. You want to rank some stuff? Sure. Get some rankings in? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's let's do opening crawl first. 
Um, what do you think about this opening crawl? Because I uh, I read it again today, and it's it's okay. I think I think I like I like all the the original trilogy opening crawls. I think almost more than all these ones, but um, I like it a just, lot. Actually, I really like yeah. it. It's fun because it's just like the the Senate is falling apart. The Republic is falling apart. This is a big deal. And I really like that a lot. Yeah, I, I, I do too, um, actually. I, I don't know if I like it more than Empire Strikes or New Hope. So no. right now our opening crawl rankings are Empire Strikes Back and New Hope, The Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi. Do you like this one more than The Phantom Menace? I do. I would put this one above The Phantom Menace. Mm, yeah, actually I do. Okay. I, 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 I do. Do we think we like it more than A New Hope? I think I do. No. <laughs> I think I do. Good. Good. That's exciting. That's yeah. And I think I do because A New Hope does give you some cool. I think this gives you more information and and sets up. I don't know. They both do such. I mean, they're both almost the same. There's like a civil war, right? That That's mm-hmm. so good, though. The opening line of there's so there's like is it like there's a civil wars or like maybe civil rust? I don't know, I have to go back and look at a new hope. It's great. Um yeah, okay. I'm gonna put it right below a new hope. We'll rank this third. Excellent. And so let's do Empire Strikes Back and New Hope, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi for our opening crawls. Lightsaber fights. I think this one is my least favorite out of all of them. But um, so I wouldn't put this one above New Hope. Right now we have the Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, and a New Hope. I would put this above Empire. Okay. All right. I'll split that difference then and we'll put it below Empire and above a New Hope. There we go. Um, Attack of the Clonus. And movies. Ah, oh, this is exciting. Okay, Empire Strikes Back, The Phantom Menace, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi are our current rankings for this film. I personally would put this one below A New Hope, above Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I, I, I below A New Hope, above Return. Yes, that would. Okay, read me the definitive list again, top to bottom. Yeah, so we have Empire Strikes Back. First, The Phantom Menace, second, A New Hope, third, and Return of the Jedi, fourth right now for our movies ranks. I think I like this one better than A New Hope. Okay. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. What am I saying? Okay. No, I don't. Nope, 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 Okay. Nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> the hard part is trying to make this like, consistent with your own personal rankings and the Infinite yeah. Pope ranking, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I definitely don't. Yes, better than That's Return. That's fine. Of the I like. Jedi. I like where you're saying. Yes. Yeah, better than Return. Not as good as A New Hope. I like that. I think that's kind of right where it's supposed to be at. Um, definitely. Sweet. That's it. Where can people find you? I am Max Baron Reed, and all of the things. I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Gmail, Facebook. Hit me up. Sweet. And I'm Dev Mango DMP three D Mango. Pretty much on all the things. To email us at podcast at infinitepulp.com. Send us all of your thoughts, your love, your salutations, anything you want to send to us. It doesn't matter. Um, but 
Next week, we'll be back with Revenge of the Sith. And that'll be almost like, I mean, at this point, we are almost at our halfway point, you know, through the films. There's 11 Star Wars films, so we can't quite get to uh, exactly halfway through after we finish the film. But half like our next movie is our halfway point, And I'm very excited yeah. about that. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I am very excited to watch Revenge of the Sith. So I hope you all <laughs> join us It's been us a long time. It has been a long time. And so I'm excited to watch it and to get into the other ones as well. So Absolutely. we'll see you next week. Have yourself a good weekend. Bye, everybody.